Portions of the show may be previously recorded. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, is Tell Dell, where we bring on uh, members to share their stories with you so that you can sort of align yourself with different types of people and say, hey, if that person's story sounds more like my life, then, you know, maybe it's something to function for me. With me today is Christopher Childs. Christopher's out of Houston originally, now lives uh, in New Brunsville, and uh, he originally was working in the oil and gas sector, actually for one of the largest pipeline companies in the country, and uh, he decided to look into real estate and change his life. So welcome to the show, Christopher. Hey, Dell. Thank you for having me. Christopher, tell us this. What made you decide to look into this? And uh, I know it, you said it was, you had a friend tell you about it, but were you thinking even before that conversation that you were looking to get away from corporate America? Or how did you get psychologically drawn into this? Well, I was. I always had an interest in real estate. I had bought one single-family house prior to joining Lifestyles. So I always, and I kind of did it just to test the waters and see, because I was always looking for other avenues. I knew that my long-term path, I did not want to be in the oil and gas industry. And so whenever I found and heard about lifestyles and then ultimately went to the first event and then to the two-day class, it just clicked and hit with me. And I knew it was the path forward that I wanted to take to try to make the effort to ultimately get out of corporate America. So uh, married with two beautiful children. I've seen the pictures. Uh, actually, I've met you. Thanks. So the question is, um, what what was it that made you want to get out of that? I mean, you, you seem like such the perfectly happy corporate America family when I see you. <laughs> well, it, it, and now that we have two sons, and there's a five-year gap between the two. I have a five-year-old and then a five-month-old. And I can just tell you it's night and day difference the interaction, the family time that I have with each of them, uh, that I, at the time, whenever I was still in uh, full-time corporate America, I lived in Katy, Texas, commuted all the way to downtown Houston, had quite the commute. I was there at 6 a.m. in the morning, didn't get home until 4 or 5 p.m. at night after the drive home. I only had about an hour, hour and a half with my son before he went to bed, and I just knew that that was not the life that I wanted to live long-term. And, you know, now, now that we've joined Lifestyles and um, moved forward, you know, just have a different lifestyle now here in New Braunfels where we're not in corporate America. I have the time here where I control my own time, very busy, obviously, but still have the time to, to spend time with my family and my five-month-old son and hold him throughout the day. And it is just absolutely beautiful. To, and we're so appreciative of the new lifestyle that we have. Was the wife working during this time, Christopher? She was uh, back before I joined Lifestyles. She was in the oil and gas industry as well. And then uh, ultimately now she she has uh, stepped away and retired from corporate America. And she is just uh, taking care of our son full time. Well, that's got to be a great thing for a mom to be able to spend time with a baby. There's no doubt about that. It, it has been. So um, 
listening to you and uh, meeting you and also listening to your or looking at your personal resume here, I don't feel like there was any hesitancy in you getting involved. Hey, I talked to a friend, boom, I joined it. Wow, I did it. <laughs> what, what, what was it that attracted you so strongly to this that you just dove right in like that? It is true. Uh, I did the two-day class. You, you had taught the two-day class that I was at there in Houston, and I, I listened intently. I believed everything you said. It all it clicked. It made sense, and um, I started studying myself, uh, quickly joined, and then just jumped all in with the ed- education and with the goal and path you know, forward in place of trying to get away from corporate America and focus full-time on, on real estate. Well, did you, uh, I know you had four rent houses and you've sold those now. You said you had one before you came here. Did you buy rent houses right when you guys started here? Or how did you, what did you get started with? I did. So I joined in March of 2016 and I, I knew that down the road, ultimately I, I wanted to be a lead investor and do multifamily deals, but I also wanted to educate myself. I had one single family property that I did with a couple friends and, you know, wasn't educated really. So I, I wanted to just learn all about r- real estate that I could get some experience. So I bought the four single family houses and I also did three passive deals all in 2016, the, the year that I joined. And then after that, I started the education, got became lifestyle certified, also IROP certified for the Houston Apartment Association, and then ultimately purchased my first multifamily deal in 2018. Now, I know that I saw you out on road trips and case studies and stuff like that. And obviously you were studying, getting all those uh, designations and everything. How much do you think being out with other members, absorbing from them, helped you as far as uh, building up your confidence and your belief system that you can jump right in and be a, a lead investor right out of the blocks? Well, it was huge because, you know, there was other people that have done it and have been successful and have set the roadmap of success of how it's done. So it wasn't like I was jumping in the first time and didn't know how it was going to go. And then also having all the mentors there walking through the process, especially on my first deal. That was the, the most nerve wracking and everything that came at me was new because it was my first one to ever do. So having a mentor there to lean on, to ask questions and for help and support was, was very beneficial. Yeah, it's, you know, I remember seeing you. you. You're what I call jokingly a, a one-drink guy. In other words, with the rest of us were out there, we're, we're having a good time partying. You were like, man, I'm sipping this drink while I'm intently uh, listening to everything that's going on around me and uh, absorbing. You were like a sponge <laughs> on this thing, um, which is good. I mean, yeah. that's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. Uh, so as you, you, you went in there and you, you got involved, uh, how much – and to what extent was the wife involved? Did she go to the two day? She actually did not do the two day. So that was something we had the, the, the newborn at home. And or, I mean, sorry, she was pregnant at the time. Uh, so she wasn't really feeling well. So I did the two day. So that was a little difficult going home and having that conversation with her. But she, she believes in me. She trusts me. She has always been supportive. And that was so helpful as I began this journey and the, the new goal of a ultimate career path that I was going to be switching to. So I've, I've always had her full support. And she's she's always been engaged, involved, and, and sometimes goes with me to the properties and helps provide input and helps me on monthly reports for our communication that we do. So she is involved. So when you went to the two days, let's talk about that for a second. Uh, what types of things were your aha moments? I mean, you know, you're going there, you're you, being that you're a very receptive individual, you're very motivated. You're very get it done kind of guy. 
Were there any moments that were just like aha moments? I mean, it's, it's, a lot of people go in there and they're like, you know, they're a little resistant uh, to the whole process where you're not. And then the light bulb hits and go, boom, that's what I needed right there. Now I get it. Were there any light bulb moments for you? There, there was one and it was very significant for me. And it was actually in the beginning of the first day. And it's, it, you know, the, my whole life I had been trained to corporate America, work hard, move up the ladder, save in your 401k, save more in your 401k that you can, build that up as much as you can have to have a big nest egg so you can retire. So that was my mentality always, and that's what I had been doing for 14 years. And the, the two-day, you had started it off right on day one out the beginning and brought that exact scenario up and explained how you know that that's not the correct path and that you, know, you just work to save up in your 401k and then you, you hope you die before you run out of money. And that just clicked with me of like, that is not the path that I want to be on. That is not what I want to do. I do not want to work until I'm 60, 70 years old, retire, and then just hope I don't run out of money before I die. How did you get into it so quickly and move through the educational process so quickly as to become a lead investor right away? You want to share that with us, what your steps were to get involved so quickly? Sure. Yeah, no, I was I was heavily motivated. Uh, like I said, whenever I first joined in 2016, I started out immediately. I purchased the four single family houses, did three passive deals. Uh, the reason I did the passive deals initially was I wanted the structure, how a deal set up, how, how the lead operates, the communication, just learn as much as I could from that side of the process. And then I began my own education on you know becoming lead certified, also uh, the IROP certification through the Houston Apartment Association, and re- really built up to where I felt comfortable to then proceed. And then after I bought my first deal, I didn't really know or have a timeline, but fell in love with the process after the first deal and knew for sure this was the path and the route that I wanted to go. And so really just went all in and uh, tried to move as fast as possible um, that that I could and make, make the goal of leaving corporate America a reality. When you went into your first deal, did you have a plan? And I, I know the plan is go as far as you can, then go further. I get that, and life's that way. But was this supposed to be a, a rehab project, you know, more of a value play, or is this more of a yield play? What, what was your plan on the property when you bought it? Yeah, the first one was actually a hybrid. It was a, it was a well-maintained, nice property. It was a little older, built in the late 60s. But great location, and it was in, located in Victoria, Texas, and so it gave the opportunity for a hybrid where I came in with a pretty nice large rehab and made a lot of improvements on the exterior, the interior renovations, as well as adding a lot of new amenities and just improved upon the already nice product that was there. So uh, I categorized it more as a hybrid type opportunity for the first deal. Now, you've done five properties. You've sold two of them off, and this first one, it looks like uh, on your resume you still have it. Uh, what about it put you or kept you wanting the property even after you moved some other properties? Right. Yeah, it's a, just a great location in Victoria. It's my first property. It, it's very stabilized, well run. I was able to increase the value pretty significantly, was able to do a refi. I'm in a great new loan that I closed on for for long term. So just to be a steady, nice property to maintain and own for, for a, a long hold. Now, I'm assuming uh, these are syndications, correct? Correct. All, all five have been syndications. Okay, so you got a 58-unit property, which is pretty a, you know, a beginner, moderate-sized property, medium-sized, 
uh, beginner property. Um, how many people did you get involved in that deal? Uh, the first deal was 23 passive investors. 23? Okay. So you had no problem raising capital for that. Now, you went on and did two more, 36-unit Magnolia, uh, 104 units. So one, West Columbia, Texas, you did a 36-unit. San Marcos, you did a 104. Tell us about those and why you decided to sell those. What did you do with those? Yeah, so the, the one in uh, West Columbia, it just it, it got a little derailed, the timing of small town with COVID. I was able to you know re- rebound. We sold it again, made, made some money. Um, but I just, it was a smaller deal. There was no leasing office and it was a little tougher to manage. So I realized that for sure, all deals moving forward, I would like the ability to have the staffing that made a big significant difference. So that's the reason I sold that one. And then the one in San Marcos, uh, just had a great opportunity in a short amount of time, increased the value pretty significantly. I bought it in July of 2019 and actually just sold it May of this year, May of 2022, um, for a pretty nice gain for all investors that were involved in that one. So it's a good point that you, when you get down there under 60 units, it gets really tough you, because you don't have management team, and especially if you're not living, you know, don't have the property very close to you. I don't know how far away West Columbia is from where. Were you in Houston still at the time, or had you moved yet? Well, so that that's also part of the reason. It, out of Houston, it was about an hour drive for me out in Katy where I was, and now being in New Braunfels, Texas, it was significantly further. So made it a lot more difficult and it just made sense to, to go ahead and sell you know at the game that we could get all right so um i don't know if these were all in order but i'm assuming they are since you have them in an order here you you went through those two properties and i guess you probably share with me and the audience here you had two more you purchased a 90 unit and 160 unit did you buy those before you sold the other ones or how how did that work out Yes, I, actually, I did. I, I bought before I still did it, too. And then just recently, uh, at the end of May, closed on this new 160-unit property. Okay. So that came in after the the newbotic plague, as I call it, <laughs> the COVID yeah. problems. Um, so that let's talk about that one, since that's your newest one right now. What What was the plan on that one? And you've only got about two minutes. Sure. So I absolutely love this property. It's in a fantastic location in San Antonio. It's, it's my largest deal that I've ever done. And it just voted an opportunity. I brought this out as my first ever value play of true value add opportunity. It's 160 units uh, and only 12 of the units have been renovated by the previous ownership. And on those 12 units, they were getting 15 to 20% uh, r- rental gains. So, you know, the model had already been set and proven on what they were achieving for, for those units. So 148 of the units were still available to created to that new standard. And um, so, and it also fit the model of all the other criteria and aspects of a property that I look at as far as location, the, the current way it's being operated, the occupancy level that it was at, but also the way to improve the amenities and the exterior uh, as well uh, with the rehab dollars. Now I'm curious on this one, just as for my own personal edification here, um, this is what year built property. This one is in 1984. Okay. And what did you pay a door for that? Just on, I'm just trying to align what you're paying nowadays for that kind of age stuff. 120K a door. Okay. Wow, that's amazing. That is amazing. I paid 120000 a door for a Class A property. <laughs> it was just a... Uh, 
10 years old, I think, when I bought it. And uh, now it's worth 240 So, I mean, it just blows my mind, these prices. And uh, What's crazy is I feel like I got a good deal on the 120K Adora, too. Yeah, that's that's what's crazy about it, and you're probably right. I mean, that's the thing you can't wrap your arms around is how quickly the prices have gone up in the last five years. It's just mind-boggling in these situations. But it's great. All right, so as we look at this situation now, We've got a 90 unit we haven't spoken about at all, and we're coming into the end of a, this segment here, so I don't want to jump back into that. Is there anything else about the 160 unit you want to tell us real quick? Yeah, so it's a really nice, uh, I'd categorize it as a low B property. I'm so excited about the opportunity. I'm actually involved in it right now. We're doing a, a large rehab. All right, it looks like we're uh, going to come to the end of a segment here, and uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with Christopher Childs and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. Kirby tells Dell about his experience as a member and apartment owner. Started out as a passive. Yes. And then one day the light bulb went on. Hey, why don't I do this? Yeah. I was sitting at home. I'm like, when you're 33 years old and you're retired, and yeah, you, you guys get that? Yeah, I'm 33. I don't know what the hell to do with myself. <laughs> I, I really didn't. I, I, there was one week I went Good on. life suck. <laughs> and it seems unbelievable to me when I think about my history, but it's really simple. I joined Lifestyles. I've taken the two-day class a half a dozen times. I network with other Lifestyles members, leads. Uh, I do what Lifestyles teaches. Uh, I'm on my properties. I invest a lot of our personal funds in the properties, and it has just created unbelievable results and it's completely improved my life ready for your unbelievable results start with a free workshop just like kirby register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com welcome back to dell wamsley radio show with me here on tell dell tuesday is christopher childs out of new Brunswick, texas and christopher as we went to break we were talking about his latest project which is 160 units in san antonio texas of which he says is a you know great rehab opportunity you said you um, the model is a 15% rent increase. Let's touch base on what those numbers sound like. What are you kind of rents you getting now? What would the increase rent be? How much dollars per month is that difference yeah, for an upgraded about unit? About $100 uh, rental increases on average. About $100? Yes, $100 to $150. Okay. And what all are you doing to get that $150, that $100 to $150 uh, as far as rehab? What is changing at this project? Yeah, uh, mainly it's uh, focusing on the interiors, on the renovations and new, new flooring, resurfacing countertops, changing the appliances. Some of them were the, the white appliances still or the black. We're, we're going into stainless steel, um, new, new uh, electrical out, uh, lighting throughout the, the, the property as well and just kind of – cleaning up and making it look a lot nicer. 
So, and then, you know, also all of the exterior rehab and the, the amenities that we're adding are just helping as additional add-on benefits as well. Well, let's talk about that because I think that you never get a second chance to create a first impression. So what the outside looks like is important uh, for drive-by traffic to come in. What what are you doing to the outside that's different? Yeah, so a, a few things. I mean, just, we're repainting all of the the, the siding uh, and then also the curbs. The, the curbs, the emergency lanes are really dull red. So we're going to get those repainted and make it bright and stand out. Um, also adding an outdoor kitchen pergola grilling area that's stone and granite countertop near the pool area. Um, got all new pool furniture coming that, that's going to really make that whole pool area pop. I'm redoing the entire leasing office, remodeling it. My wife and I have actually ordered everything. It's being delivered this week. So really excited about the, the complete leasing office remodel. And then center in the property is the current resident lounge area that does have a covered pergola with with the, the two grills, but I had a, a larger vision for it of improving it. And so we're going to actually add on uh, another section and have a turfed in section as well with a, probably kind of a resident gaming area. And I'm still trying to decide what to do, but maybe a ping pong table or uh, the cornhole toss and possibly even a fire pit. Okay. So I, you, you, I don't know if you realize this or not, but you just sloughed right to buy that. Yeah. We're doing a little, you know, some exterior renovation and <laughs> then we get the explanation and it's a lot more in depth. I, I, I don't think you should. Right. And the reason I, I make that point to you is because there's a lot of value in what you just shared with us. And if you psychologically take it for your sales staff, take it for granted where, you know, you get somebody to ch- uh, chatty Kathy sales girl, and I just say girl, you know, say, well, you're sexist. Okay, then a chatty Kathy, uh, chatty, uh, I can't think of a guy's name, uh, chatty Bob, whatever, uh, sales guy. But, you know, it's that person like, oh, my God, you got to see this. You got to see that. And I'm not that kind of person, so I, I can't even show you how it works. But you know that kind of person like, ah, God, you got to see the new pool and the chairs, the lawn chairs. You, have you seen the lawn chairs? Oh, my gosh. And look at this. We got the patio over here and the barbecue pit and all that. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, it just those people could sell ice to Eskimos, but you got to have the ice, right? Right. <laughs> so I think that, you know, I'm just pushing you around a little bit, but I think that uh, really those are some good amenities. I want to add something. In fact, uh, dig it out of you. The, in your resume, you talked about the aha moment of your first ownership when you threw a playground down on the ground and came back the next day and saw the kids playing on it. And then all of a sudden, this whole thing took on a different meaning to you. Can you share that thought with us? Sure, I, I can. Yeah, it was my first property. I had just closed. I was doing similar type remodel exterior innovations. I had a dog park. We added the same type of outdoor kitchen grilling area on the pool and then also did the playground set. And when the playground set was installed, I went out to, to go see it and take a few pictures of the after and showed up and arrived at the property. And there was a family outside with multiple kids playing on the playground set. And being a recent father myself, uh, seeing that just it hit me hard and it, it made me realize that there was more to this than just, you know, getting in and, and being money motivated like I was originally. And it's what's grown up a passion within me to take this on to every property that I have purchased since of improving the properties, exterior, interiors, adding the amenities, making it a nicer place to live and creating a true community in, in the properties that I own. And it, it just gives back so much more than, than I could have ever imagined when I first started this. Yeah. And 
that whole thought process, you know, if you help enough other people get what they want and need, you can have everything you want in life, uh, stands out when you have that kind of uh, philosophy about your business that you're going to go out there and develop that. I, I also like to throw on there that two points you made I think are really relevant. One, the playground for the kids. And we found that there's different kinds of playgrounds for different kinds of kids, but all kids like to play on playgrounds and so forth. The second one is the pet thing, the the, the dog runs and the, what do they call them? They, they got some cute names. What do they call a, a good dog center? There's a name for it. I thought Bark. I, I, bark Park. Uh, bark I Park. There you go. I like that, that name, Bark Park. But the, the bottom line is this. If you take care of people's kids and their pets, they will love you because those are the things they care about more than anything in life. And I think if you look at, like, the political terrain that we're in right now, the Democrats messed up when they started messing with people's kids and their schools and so on and so forth and wouldn't let the parents come and see what was happening. And, you know, they started doing all When you start messing with somebody's kids or you start messing with their pets, you're going to get a violent reaction out of them on the bad side or a great reaction on the good side. So I think those are good things to invest in, Christopher. We're we're still at the 160 units. What kind of interior renovations are you doing again? Let's go through those again one more time, because I'm really focusing on what all you're doing to get that $100 to $150 rent increase. Okay, great great question. And you know, one thing that we really focused on was the flooring was old in the old classic units. We replaced it with new gray vinyl plank, uh, repainted the entire unit, upgraded all the appliances to the stainless steel, resurfacing the countertops, adding backsplash in the kitchen area, fixing any of the cabinet boxes that needed to be done, also the replacing kitchen faucets. And then one really cool part was every unit is currently uh, has washer-dryer access. So we're adding washer and dryer units as part of our rehab budget into every unit and renting them out and getting $50 a month added on to the rent for that. Well, it sounds like you're doing quite a bit. Very extensive renovation is probably going to work out really well for you if you've got all that planned and budgeted in there. What I want to go over with you in the last segment, I want you to think about this. You got the three properties now. I know you're deep involved in this one right now, and that's all you can focus on is this right here. But, you know, you're a young guy. If you could share with us what you think the, the future is going to look like, uh, have you planned it out? Or is it something you, you haven't even planned out yet? But if you have, what does that look like? And uh, how do you see that working out for you? Have you got any kind of an idea where this all takes you as you grow up? I have, yeah. And so, you know, I've been ultimately long, long term down the road. I would like to become past, you know, past investor. But right now, I'm still fairly young. I have a lot of motivation, a lot of fire. I'm still very much enjoying what I'm doing and looking to build and grow as much as I can. So, you know, obviously focusing on the 160 unit, my other two properties right now. Uh, but next year, I would love to add a property over 200 units and break that threshold. That is something I have not achieved yet, is getting a property over 200. So would love to, to get that and then you know, see every year thereafter how many more could be added on. And then um, you know, I'm also very money motivated and have some personal monthly income goals of a short, medium, and long term that I would like to achieve on a monthly basis. And so you know, working to strive and achieve those. Uh, when I can, once I hit that long-term number, then I'll reassess and say, you know, are we going to keep going here or we're, 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 you know, maybe set a new bar and new short, medium and long-term numbers at that point. 
Yeah, that's that's the way you got to do it. There's no doubt because it does change. And what what's strange about it is many times, and this is an old guy talking to you. What many times is you hit all those goals, you set these goals. These are really outrageous goals, but I've got to have something to strive for. Boom! Then you hit them. Then you go, gosh, what do I do now? I mean, really, you get that weird feeling like, what do I do now? Then you recycle. I'm going to set some more goals that are you know just outrageous and then you hit those too and it just after a while you realize i can hit whatever goal i want so i you know i'm just going to set them up in periodic regular basis for me just to grow into and then it doesn't when you're first striving like you are right now you're striving to hit those goals at some point get my age you're no longer striving to hit the goals you're just gliding into them because you figured it out if you just do the right thing they're going to get there so that's a good thing Let's talk about family and friends. Uh, was anybody weirded out by you getting involved in this, giving up your giant corporate jobs, you and the wife both working for the oil companies? I wouldn't say weirded out because uh, you know, a lot of people knew that I was starting in this, and they never really asked questions. Then whenever I did step away out of corporate America, my wife ultimately stepped away. We moved from Houston to New Braunfels. That did raise a lot of eyebrows, and people started kind of asking a little bit and trying to find out a little bit more. So, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty eye-opening to some people that we both left two six-figure paying, you know, corporate America oil and gas jobs to to move and focus real estate full, full-time and live in New Braunfels, Texas. So the family friend that referred you, have you thanked him yet? <laughs> oh, yeah. All the, my dad's best friend, uh, fraternity brother in college. He's a very good, close family friend of ours. And, yeah, very appreciative of him for introducing me to Lifestyle. So as you move forward here, your give back at this point is to your clients, to your customers, right? That is correct. I take a lot of pride on the monthly communications and the, the, the product that we put out um, uh, under the ownership of all of our properties and trying to, you know, I take it very seriously. I know it's a lot of money that people have invested as well as my own money that are invested in all these deals. And I take it very seriously to try to, you know, perform and beat the expectations as best as I can. The uh, the possibility of you someday giving back, I'm just planting that in your head right now because I like to let people know right up front that you seem like a good guy, you seem like the right kind of guy. Someday you know that you're just going to make it and you're going to be successful and life is going to be wonderful, and then you're going to get that telephone call, right? That call yeah. from me. <laughs> Yep, and then you get that telephone call that says, hey, Christopher, it's time. It's time to come and give back. <laughs> it's time. Have you done any case studies yet? Yes, I've actually done four or five case studies and then just did my first road trip to my 90-unit property in April of this year. When you did the road trip, were people excited about your project? They were, yeah. I was excited to share that one. We did a large rehab out there, made a lot of positive changes. And so it was really nice to show in the presentation and then ultimately going on site at the property and seeing all the the positive momentum that's been taken in just a little over a year at that property. How far along are you on that now? Oh, we just closed in March of 2021. So just a little over a year and have completed the full rehab project. We're still renovating units, though, and uh, and it's, it's doing and performing very well, exceeding expectations. So let's just play with some numbers real quick and we'll let you off the hook if you're wrong 
But uh, how much have you raised your uh, income and your NOI so far? Do you know? Yeah, the NOI was kind of you know between thirty to forty thousand, and we just hit our first month of fifty thousand NOI. So, what do you think that's done as far as the value? I'm sure you know. <laughs> whenever you got a new project, you're penciling in new values all the time, saying, "Hey, new, we hit a new uh, high. What does that now make the property worth?" What are you penciling in? Yeah, so I mean, I, I got it at a really good price of eighty k a door, and uh, you know, I would value it between you know, hundred around one hundred and twenty a door number, pretty pretty close to what I just purchased my other property for. Wow, that that's crazy. That's a that's a fifty percent increase in value, man. Right. Yeah. No, it's been it's been a great great property. I got it at a, a great value. We've done you know incredible work on the rehab that we've done. And uh, got a great support staff out there as well. And, yeah, it's just this one's turning along very nicely. Wow, beautiful. Well, I'm very happy for you, and I'm really thankful that you came on the show today and shared your story. For the rest of you out there, remember this. For Christopher, myself, and everyone else, it's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.